You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning and welcome to this live radio broadcast here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. I'm your host for the next 30 minutes, Dr. Jeff Werber, and here for you. I'm going to make it very easy for you to get a hold of us. Number one is to call us, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. And you can also join us live on Google Hangouts. That's really, really fun. Just go on to PetLifeRadio.com. Click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab. You scroll down and you will see a link to Google Hangouts, and on Google Hangouts, you can actually join us live. Uh, we can see you, have your pet or pets in your arms. We can see them as well. If you're on a phone, you can just show us your pets. And if you have any questions, anything about medical stuff, just let us know. We're here for you, and it's free, totally free. And it's free because we are here, thanks to our sponsors, Provecto. Something you should be thinking about now because guess what? Flea and tick season has started. Even those areas that don't have it year-round, like us in Southern California, we don't have a huge flea problem during the winter, but oh my God, spring is here and we are seeing fleas and ticks. So Perfecto, it's 12-week protection with one tasty chewable treat. So uh, it's great. Save this life microchip. I know you're going to be spending more time outdoors, running with your pets. Uh, doors will be open. Screens will be open. Back doors will be open. Gates will probably be left open. And that is going to give an opportunity for your pets to escape. Make sure they have identification tags. Make sure... They have a microchip, and there's no microchip better than Save This Life microchip, where when found, your phones, the finder and your phone kind of act as GPS, and you can actually see exactly where your pet is. So that's really great. And uh, also, what else? We Oh, so we, I, as you know, I like to go through some of the information that I see on Animal Smart Brief. It's an American Vet Med Association. And um, so it's really cool. And I wanted to, I saw a couple of stories morning before we get into what I wanted to talk about today. And again, what I want to talk about today is kind of what I plan, but I'm more than happy to set that aside and talk about anything you want to talk about. So once again, you can reach us live here on Google Hangouts. So I thought this was interesting. This is kind of like one of those, oh, wow, stories. So scientists found a fossilized, engorged tick that they believe to be, and I don't know how they do this carbon dating stuff, but they believe to be 20 to 30 million years old. That's one old. Studying this tick, they found red blood cells that were also fossilized. And doing some DNA on the red cells, they belong to a mammal. They think a monkey. And within this engorged tick, they found a parasite. It's a bacterial parasite called Babesia microti. Interestingly, Babesia still affects our mammals today and affect people. And this particular Babesia is still around today. We're talking 20 million years old. And they found this in the tick. And uh, so that's, I mean, that's pretty amazing that ticks have been around that long, which means mammals have been around that long. That's a a new one to me. That sounds like it's pretty much dating prehistoric, but mammals were here. And uh, this was a very interesting tick and an interesting finding because now it's uh, showing that, that some of these parasites, you know, here we are when we have parasites for our pets, for us, and we are trying to destroy these parasites. It ain't so easy because here we here this little Babesia parasite, this bacterium 
has lasted a long time. Let's put it that way. So whatever we're throwing at them, however we're trying to reduce their population, to kill them, you name it, we're not doing such a good job. Next, something that I've already known, but we just saw it officially published. This was done by the Pet Products Association, the APPA, and millennials. Millennials, I'm, I'm hoping you're out there listening, have now surpassed. They are the as they put it, the top dog when it comes to pet ownership. And that's right, millennials. They actually beat out the baby boomers by 3%. And they own more pets. Many of these pets, by the way, are very small animals, reptiles, small animals, fish. And APPA also came out with a statistic that now, we used to say about over 50% of U.S. households owned a pet or shared their houses with a pet. I like that better anyway. But now... That number is up to 68. 68% of U.S. households are shared with a pet or more, as in my case. More than one, of course. Also, that 81% of those polled that obviously have pets actually admitted that they feel, again, nothing new to me, that pets are good for their health. It's not just the fun of having one or having a, a running partner if you have a big dog and you like to run or, or go out on your bike or go to the park. It's but actually good for your health. And um, I have a whole uh, series of very interesting facts. We'll, co- we'll cover one day just talking about pet ownership, the benefits, if you will, of pet ownership. But I think it's pretty cool that 81% of pet owners themselves, it's one thing when a scientist or a child psychologist or you know a social worker is evaluating the family and feels that there's there are some benefits for pet parenting, pet ownership, but for the owners themselves, or I have a reason to get up in the morning, or or um, I, you know having them near me, I, I can study better. I mean, I mean, one such statistic is that kids that grow up with pets actually score five to seven points higher on IQ tests and get better grades. I always say, get the terrier instead of the tutor. So we know that there are benefits. We know from a heart perspective, blood pressure perspective, cholesterol. I mean, there's so many things that we know that scientists have already shown. But I think it's pretty cool that owners themselves are seeing it. And also, this was, I thought was a, a pretty cute story, too, that and uh, it will lead into you know what I wanted to talk about. And that is that pet-friendly establishments, pet-friendly hotels, now they're pet-friendly cruises have taken pet pampering to new heights. And we're talking some pretty amazing. I mean, I've heard stories before. They do a doggy bed. They give my dog bed and they turn it down and have a little bone a treat. So when you come in the evening, there's a little bone on your dog's bed. Yeah, that's cute. No, we're, we're talking pampering. We're talking, here, here, I have a list. First of all, room service menus. Of course, the beds and the bed turndowns. Concierge, pet sitting, and dog walks. So if you are traveling with your pet and you go to some of these pet-friendly hotels, they will actually provide sitting services for you so you can leave your pets in your room. That's really good. And spa treatments. And here was one. One or two of the hotels listed actually will serve your dogs bacon-infused water. So that just helps them want to drink. And, you know, we drink flavored waters, right? You buy those sparkling waters with the the orange or the strawberry or the cherry infusion, right? Why not give a dog bacon or chicken? I mean, think about it. The toothpaste that we recommend for pets, it's non-sudging, and it's usually flavored. It's poultry-flavored. It's beef-flavored. So why not bacon-infused water? So those are pretty easy, fun things. So when you're going to travel, and hopefully, as what I wanted to talk about today is springtime, because springtime 
is you know basically upon us. It started a couple of weeks ago. We are officially in the spring season. And um, there are lots of things that we know. First of all, as weather is improving, though some cities might disagree <laughs> that it is improving yet. I know that I always talk about this because I, I frequent but Mammoth Mountain, California. I was there last week, perfect spring skiing in the daytime. It hit up 55 degrees, sunshine, people you know, boarding and skiing in their bathing suits. I mean, pretty amazing stuff. Well, this last couple of days, they got 20 new inches of snow, 20 inches in two days. Still leading the U.S. in snow coverage is Mammoth Mountain. And um, I am jealous that I wasn't up there this weekend. Anyway, but many parts of the country are actually warming up. And with that comes some springtime tips. It's time to get your pets out there and start running, exercising again. We know that they, as you, very likely have put on a couple of those extra pounds, winter pounds, and it's time to shed those pounds. And the same thing for your pets. But though you think, okay, it's a gorgeous day, woke up in the morning, there's no snow on the ground anymore, or it's melting, I'm going to have to go out for a run. Not so fast, not so fast, because both for you and your pet, when you are restarting an exercise program, it's got to be done slowly, gradually, work them up to it. They will get muscle soreness just like we can. It's like that weekend warrior kind of thing. You know, you, you can't just go out and hit it super hard after having resting all winter and being a couch potato. So you got to work up to it, work slowly. And again, remember, we wear sneakers, we're wearing shoes and socks, etc. and running shoes. Dogs aren't. So their pads are very, very irritated. And if they, well, they can be, they're very smooth. They've been sort of easing it out during the winter. So you have to work them up to it slowly. And as we get closer to, to summer, we'll also talk about some other hints and tips because given the fact that the pavement gets very, very hot, probably not this time of year yet, but it will be getting very warm. And with that, we have to take extra cautions with our pets. Another thing that we always have to deal with, and you're talking to a guy, as much as I love pets and love animals and working with them, caring for them, that's how much I hate gardening. I have the quintessential brown thumb when it comes to gardening, but I know many of you out there, it's a great hobby. And I just need to let you know that for those of you that have pets, and I can pretty much say 68% of you probably do because the households are there and anyone listening to the show, I would say it's 100%, but you also like to garden and that's great. But you want to know some uh, springtime flowers and plants that can be very dangerous for your pets. Some things like oleander, sago palm, crocus, diefenbachia. These are all can be potentially very toxic to pets. And I have a, a list here. And uh, now some of these are actually have toxic effects like neurologic, gastrointestinal, and some of them are just really very irritating to the GI tract. So it's not like it's toxic. It's going to you know kill your pet, though some of these can. It's more along the line of just an irritation, maybe some diarrhea, scratching up, maybe not wanting to eat because the, the stomach hurts, things like that. But I mean, the list is, is very long, but castor bean, Oleander, we know now. Oleander, the heart class of medicines called the cardiac glycosides, and like digitalis, for example, they are derivatives of oleander. So no wonder why when these dogs get into, it's like an oleander, just because the appropriate doses, it can help. Of course, as an overdose, it can hurt, like non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. Take two aspirin, that's great. But if you take five or six, you're going to have gastric ulcers. So you got to be very careful. So oleander, Morning Glory, uh, Japanese U, Jerusalem Cherry, Foxglove, Nightshade, Lily of the Valleys, Trumpet Vine. Now, again, guy with my brown thumb, I don't even, I've never heard of some of these. But for those of you out there, then I know you have. 
But here's some things. Now, if you have sun, a lot of sun in your yard, and here's some recommendations of some very safe bets when it comes for your yard. Some of the annuals are zinnia, snapdragons, cosmos, calendula, petunias, um, perennials, bee palm, phlox, roses, catnip, coneflowers. And um, if you can only get partial sun, and um, I'll go this list and we have to break, partial sun, here's some beautiful bloomers that you can use as far as annuals, primrose, butterfly flower, spider flower, and perennials, columbine, coral bells, turf lily, and goat's beard. So there are a lot of great options because of those that we know that are so dangerous. Here's the list, and I can make this list available if you want to see this list. You can let me know. Send me a note to drjeff at petliferadio.com. That's Jeff at petliferadio.com, and I will send you. I will make a copy of this list and send it to you if you are interested in knowing what's safe. So we got to take a break. When we get back, we're going to talk more about spring and summer tips for your pet. Don't go away. We'll be right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. You know that feeling when you go to clean the litter box and it's a complete disaster? Yeah, we've got you covered. Introducing World's Best Cat Litter Zero Mess, the advanced litter that gives you two times better clumping and more odor control with less litter. Zero Mess combines the concentrated power of corn with superabsorbent plant fibers. Translation, scoop once and you're done. Find it at a pet store near you and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. As a dog, I know a lot about fleas and ticks, so trust me when I say no other tasty chew protects dogs as long as Brevecto. One Brevecto chew keeps fleas and ticks away for up to 12 weeks. Be a good human and ask your vet about Brevecto. Brevecto may cause vomiting. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here, your host on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff once again. If you want to get a hold of us, you can go on to Pet Life Radio, scroll on to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and click on the Google Hangouts link, and you can join us here live. You can also give us a call, 877-385-8882. And don't be bashful, don't be shy, free advice, nothing wrong with that. So we were talking before the break about springtime flowers. This is coming from a guy, by the way, with the brownest thumb on the planet. If I touch it, it dies. Fortunately, my success with pets is so much better. But um, never been a, a flower planting kind of guy. But I uh, just wanted to point out, we talked about you know a lot of this stuff for dogs and stuff. Cats, lilies, be very, very careful. Lilies are deadly, potentially deadly to cats. And just so you know, not only eating the plant, but if you have some freshly cut lilies and you put them in a vase and you put the vase on a table 
and the cat drinks the water from the vase, that can be equally as deadly. So you got to be very, very careful. Begonias are toxic to dogs and cats. Uh, there are some that are not toxic. And apparently, and again, this is news to me, for those of you out with the green thumbs, you probably are laughing and saying, of course, there are thousands species of begonias. So you got to know which ones are uh, toxic for pets. Hyacinth. Also, there are a number. The Easter season hyacinth is very poisonous to both dogs and cats. However, summer hyacinth, wild hyacinth, and grape hyacinth are not. So again, if you love being out there in the garden, this is the time of year you're going to spend a lot of time out there. Make sure that you are well aware of what can be toxic and what can't be. And by the way, if you one who gardens and you are pregnant or thinking of getting pregnant, make sure you wear gloves when you garden. Do not, I repeat, do not garden without gloves. And for this, the reason is that cats often shed a parasite called toxoplasmosis, and they might leave a present for you in the garden as a fertilizer. It might help the plants, but it is extremely, extremely dangerous to an unborn fetus. And I mean, we're talking major, major birth defects, both physical and mental and developmental. You do not want to end up with toxoplasmosis. And the sad part is you, as an adult, feel nothing. So very, very dangerous. And I can't stress that enough. I've seen it. And it's one of those things you never want to see. So um, just as an FYI. Also springtime. It's a time of year that we are, you know, you've heard of the term spring cleaning. So now comes the time where you're getting out whatever it is you're using, your chemicals, your lies, the things that are using to take off rust and any kind of deposits on your pipes and you're cleaning your walls. Spring cleaning, this is the time of year that we have to be very careful. Why? Because these chemicals are extremely dangerous for our pets. So make sure, as they are with kids. So if you have pets but no kids, you may not be as familiar with what you need to do. But we're talking childproof lots, locks, safety locks on cabinets. Maybe keep things high up on upper shelves in a garage, in a place, or in a storage shed, places that are inaccessible to your pets. And we have to be very, very careful because for some reason, and we I don't even know why, but pets will chew on the darndest things. And you would think, why would this dog want to eat bleach or turpentine or linseed oil or anything like that? Or the chemicals that you're using to spray the bugs on those pretty gardens that you're planting. And yet they do. And uh, they will get into all sorts of things and we have to treat them. It's so dangerous. It makes me so nervous. Our stuff, the chemicals that we have are put away in the garage in a childproof lock cabinet. And that's how careful you need to be. I mean, it's only our fault, really. When when that dog or cat gets into something, it's only our fault. Even things like antifreeze. And just like we use during the winter to prevent freezing, it also keeps the engine cooler during the summer. And antifreeze, potentially very toxic. And unless it is one of the newer antifreezes that has bitters put into it, into the formula, it is a very sweet-tasting substance ethylene glycol. So you got to be very careful about antifreeze as well. And next up on my list, travel. So uh, my, the only thing I could say about that is we know that many of us are choosing to travel with our pets, taking our pets with us, which I think is great. No limitations. You must know the limitations. That's K-N-O-W. Because a lot of places 
First of all, airlines. Let's talk airlines. There are breeds. A lot of the brachycephalic breeds, the pushed-in face breeds, will not be allowed on planes during certain routes during the summer when it gets too hot. Same thing with certain breeds. They may not let pit bulls on the plane. So you need to do homework. Hotels. Yes, we talked earlier in the show about the pet-friendly hotels and the lengths they're going to to pampering your pets. It's fantastic. But many of these pet-friendly hotels have weight limits on what size dog they will allow into their hotel. If you don't know that in advance, it's going to be very uncomfortable to pull up with that 85-pound retriever or shepherd or rottweiler when the hotel has a 35-pound weight limit. So you need to know this in advance. If you're planning on going to, if you're like an RV kind of person and you're going to these parks, make sure again that you know these trailer parks, what they allow, what they don't allow as far as pets, as far as size of dog. As I said, I know that the Queen Mary 2 out of New York and Jersey does allow pets, but I think small pets. So whatever it is that you need to make sure that you're aware. And of course, when you travel with your pets, the basics, health certificate, vaccine histories, identification, both microchip and collar IDs, any special needs that your pet, if it's a special food, special meds, you need to take those with you. Make sure you have them. If you have a pet that is not a great traveler, then there are some things you can do. Of course, certain medications to your veterinarian. I'm not a huge fan, and especially if dogs have to be left in cargo, I don't really love knocking them out. Uh, It makes me a little nervous. There is a new vest out there called a Calms, C-A-L-M-Z, which I find is amazing. And basically, it's this vest that has a little device. We're going to have a a representative from Calms come on our show because you got to hear about this. It's great. But it's through C-Note Tone, through vibration, which is feel, through music, actually Beethoven's Fur Elise, it's a modified version of Fur Elise, and the pressure points itself of this device, it actually works to calm your pets. And it is fascinating. On the beta testing, for example, we'll talk more about this, but something like 85% of pet owners saw the difference, 90%, over 90% actually, of veterinarians will actually recommend this to their patients. I've already recommended to two or three, and I just learned about it two weeks ago. So it's really, really a cool device. And if you want to look it up, C-A-L-M-Z comms. So anyway, oh, also remember when you're traveling in a car with your pet, they have to be secured, whether it's a cat carrier, whether it's a harness that fits into a seatbelt, you do not want your pets roaming free in the car. It is an accident waiting to happen and which will be dangerous for you and your passengers, your two-legged passengers, and of course, your four-legged passenger or passengers. So you need to have pets confined properly and anchored. So if you have that kind of station wagon or the van where you have that area in the back, that just by itself is not good enough. If you have to stop short, that pet is going to fly. You need to have something that's also anchoring them down via a harness, a leash, something to keep them somewhat secure. So um, anyway, Boy, 30 minutes goes fast. So anyway, we uh, just want to once again thank our sponsors, Bravecto, More Than a Cone, Raising Awareness of the Animal Welfare Through the Arts, Save This Life Microchip, um, and I'm working on getting a few other fantastic uh, sponsors uh, to help us stay on the air, bring this information to you. Uh, we will be here um, next week, same time. I'm actually looking for a guest. and uh, But if not, if you have any subjects, that are interesting you or interested uh, that you are interested in that are interesting for your pets and you want to know about 
as far as pet care issues, please send them to me at drjeff at petliferadio.com, drjeff at petliferadio.com, and we will have a great subject to talk about. Or if you have any specific questions and you are shy, embarrassed to join us here live on air, you can go ahead and just send them to me and we will answer them on air, give you credit if you'd like, talk about your pets. And I love pictures of your pets. I have my Instagram. So if you want to send me pictures of your pets, we will go ahead and plaster them as well. So uh, anyway, otherwise, have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you here same time next Sunday. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.